Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partnered with Coda Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Hitting checks. Making necks. Making necks. I bet. Let's hit some bets. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers, locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. Locks on, locks on, locks on, locks. I don't need the keys when I get the locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Gambling Feud Podcast, Episode 9. I cannot believe it. Really, really happy you've been supporting us from the get-go. If you're just new to the podcast, welcome. Hope you enjoy it. My name is Kyle Comish. You can find me on Twitter at Comdog. And joining me, as always, Episode 9, my cousin and co-host at DJ Low 4422 DJ Luch. DJ, how are we doing today? I, I'm loving life, man. Uh... It's the weather's been beautiful outside. Baseball's back. the The championship was just played. The NCAA March Madness was just played last night. Uh, life is good, man. And we've just been dominating these podcasts going through episode nine. I just I remember doing episode one. I listened I listened to episode one a while back, and whew, man, it was a little rough, a little rough. We were very raw, but now I feel comfortable on the mic, and yeah, I'm I'm loving it. So let's let's get all the way to episode a billion, I guess. Yes. No, it's it's been a lot of fun the entire way. I've been enjoying it. And you and I actually had a, a little spending together time uh, at Easter this Sunday. It was great to see you again at the old Luch Farms. Oh, yeah. So every uh, holiday, our aunts and uncles kind of split up. Uh, so certain ones host Christmas and for our side of the family. And my mom always hosts Easter at the farm because there's a lot of room for the scavenger hunt and the Easter eggs and uh, the Easter egg hunt for the little kids. And so there's a lot of room to be outside. And the weather's usually always great. Um, I bet on Kyle to win the water balloon toss, and he blew it for me. I couldn't believe it. I lost all my money betting on Kyle. Kyle, what happened there? I was a I was a very, very big underdog and you risked it all. But <laughs> no, I was with so like DJ said, we have like a water balloon toss with all our friends and family and stuff like that. And every time like you go one by one, if you drop it and it breaks, obviously you're out. If if it doesn't, then you just take a step back and you go further and further and further. I was with my girlfriend and we just got to a point where she couldn't throw it far enough. I wasn't about to dive for it because I wore a nice shirt and stuff like that. So it just it popped and she always says you're you're a sore loser, and I'm like I have won this every single year, so I have the right to be a sore loser. Yeah, you are like back to back to back defending champ. But for the people at home, he did have a very nice shirt on, and if he would have got a grass stain there, I would have been very sad. Uh, you did dominate some volleyball, I saw though. You were playing it up. How did that go? I, oh, I did. It was it was a lot of fun, you know. Uh, just you know, besides like our uncle Steve, like nobody like is really, oh, my aunt Denise too, like really big into volleyball. So like, we're all just out there having a little fun and stuff like that. For some reason, anytime I would get up, I would grunt like, Hey, or something like that. So every time I hit the ball, you could hear me just go, Hey, 
<laughs> just like those NBA players when they get hit or even NCA, they get hit. They're like, Hey, yeah. so like, you got to have your own style. I like it. That's exactly right. So, uh, transitioning in, in the, like some NCAA. So obviously we had the final four games, dude, that UCLA Gonzaga game might be one of the best games I've ever seen. That crazy. I mean, to think about the fact that UCLA almost lost to Michigan state in the play-in game, they had to go to OT to, they went to OT with Michigan state in the play-in game. And then they take Gonzaga to the OT. I just, UCLA got hot and dudes just started shooting with confidence and they literally got hot at the right moment. They were, I mean, unbelievable. One of the best, best 11 seeds we will ever see. And wow, that was, if you missed out on that game, I feel bad for you because that was just crazy back and forth. And, oh man, what, what did you think about that Kyle? You know, I was going to say this where I might drop, but I changed it to something else, but what is UCLA doing not picking up Jalen Suggs until after the half court. I mean, they let him get the ball out of bounds or catch the ball out of bounds and run all the way to his spot and shoot it. First of all, Jalen Suggs uh, game winning shot had no business going in. No, but the fact uh, yeah. that nobody picked him up until he got to that spot, just as a basketball coach drives me nuts. You learn like in that type of situation, when the game is tied, you don't even give him a shot. Like they gave him a shot by letting him go all the way to that spot and shooting it. So I'm not mad at the fact that that shot went in because UCLA shouldn't even give him that shot in the first place. I agree. I don't know if you remember the UNC Villanova, though. Marcus Page hits the craziest shot to tie it up. I mean, he had no business. He double clutches, and Marcus Page is from Iowa. He's a beast. But anyway, double clutches. Marcus Page hits the shot, and then UNC lets the point guard dribble to the three-point line, turn, flip it back, wide open three, cash, and then Villanova win. Like, like you said, you just can't do that. You can't give up a wide open three. I don't care if it's a half quarter. Like if you're giving up a wide open look, like uncontested, dudes can make that. I mean, we've seen multiple times, and that was another case where you give in a great player a somewhat open shot and you can't do it, and they paid the price. And I hated to see him go down that way. I wanted to see a second OT. Like get beat, get beaten in reg, not regulation, but get beat not by a buzzer, Peter, like just have the team be better. The best team wins, um, but they gave it up. They lost, um, but still top, top five game in history. Unbelievable. And shout out UCLA. What a hell of a run. Oh my. And then on the, on the flip side of things too, you had that Baylor Houston game. And I mean, Houston got exposed. Yeah. Oh, they, I've been saying they're bad for a while and it finally paid off. And I don't want to obviously jump the gun on our segments, but you were all over that Baylor line. You, you loved that Baylor minus four and a half line. And and the reason, and I'll, and I'll discuss this a little more in depth when we get to our, our mortal lock talk, but just Houston couldn't have had a more cupcake route to the final four. And I just knew when they played a team like Baylor, I just, a, a five-point line was just way too small for me. It could have been a 10-point line, and I might have used it as a mortal lock. That's how confident I was in that in that pick. Yeah, I think Houston's, like, stupid athletic, but I think they're kind of raw. Uh, they have a lot of fundamental things that they're not good at, and so their athleticism allowed to skate by that cupcake schedule, like you said. And then they met a real team that was just as athletic, and wow, they got slapped. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a really, really solid 
Final Four game, and then a really, really not so solid uh, other Final Four game, and then we had a championship game that I don't think anybody could have predicted. I, I liked Baylor plus the points. I, I just thought it was kind of a toss up. I think I thought that Gonzaga looked a little. They definitely could have been affected by playing a note like such an intense game, having to come back right away. And I just thought Baylor was really athletic. And I just, I mean, Baylor shot insane from three. Like, I, they might still be making threes. Like, have they missed yet? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I didn't see it coming like that. I definitely thought it was going to be super close, competitive, down to the wire. Maybe Gonzaga hits, hits another buzzer beater. But guess what? Four and a half covers. That's why I liked Baylor. But not that way. I mean, what, what did you think, Kyle? Well, first of all, uh, for Butler, for uh, Baylor, excuse me, they had that Jared Butler, and that's a name that's been dropping this pot a lot. Oh, yeah. And I have been big on Jared Butler since uh, the season, like, began pretty much. We were beginning doing this podcast. I mean, that dude, like, it didn't surprise me he got uh, Final Four MVP because, I mean, that dude just all season long has been balling. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's a beast, and that Mitchell isn't too far behind. I think, I think him and Mitchell are – very close to the same talent. Uh, they each bring a little bit different game. Uh, that one little hesitation move Mitchell did at the end where he hesitated and then hesitated again and then blew by the guy. I was just like, oh, my gosh, that was so pretty. Like, I can't do that, but I like watching it. Um, I think Teague's not bad, but I definitely think Butler and Mitchell are just – those dudes are just animals. I, I really don't know what to say. I mean, they're just beasts. They're just so good at the game of basketball and so fun to watch. I mean – those step backs Butler was hitting. I mean, come on. He can catch and shoot and then do a little step back. Like, oh my. I don't I don't think Gonzaga stood a chance when he was hitting those. I mean, good luck. And just and just picture the Gonzaga locker room. I mean, you're 31 and 0 going into this game. You lose in the championship game by 16 points. I mean, I couldn't imagine what that locker room was like. No, and they said this on the the game last night or two nights ago, Monday, that um, if Baylor didn't have that whole COVID scare thing where they had to go into protocols, they might have been undefeated as well uh, because they came back and lost to Kansas and we saw Kansas get exposed. <laughs> um, so we know that they're not as good. And so I definitely think that Baylor also could have been undefeated this year, you know, not given the pandemic circumstances. And that definitely can cut you out of your flow. Uh, but they definitely got back in the flow, and wow, I mean, I they uh, they're leaps and bounds ahead because I think Gonzaga is the clear cut number two team in the entire field, and they just look what they did to them, and look what they did to everyone in the tournament. Like, did it, the closest game was Wisconsin? <laughs> oh man, and so yeah, that Baylor's just shout out to the coach, shout out to the rebuild. I mean, they just they were a. That's that's how basketball is supposed to be played. Their defensive effort, their ability to score. I mean, Gonzaga didn't look comfortable on offense at all because Gonzaga because Baylor was just constantly in their face, in their grill. And on the other end, Baylor like every shot just looked easy. And they then Gonzaga switched to a zone, and Baylor just immediately got to the middle, hit a three or hit a two, a step back a little, a little two, like exactly what they're supposed to do. It, it was beautiful, beautiful, well done, Baylor. I tip my hat. And it's and it's just so. Like, it makes me so happy that we were able to witness all that. Like I said, considering last year we didn't get any sports for, like, three or four months because of the coronavirus. So it was just awesome to be able to see 
first of all, such an amazing Final Four game in UCLA and Gonzaga, and then seeing two, no question of the best, the best college basketball teams going at it in the championship game. I mean, I was super blessed with March Madness this year. I did be in a couple uh, March Madness pools. I got second place in the Coda Capper. Um, bracket challengers gets me jack squat because it was a winner take all thank you oh. <laughs> no don't do it to him and then we had a uh we had a march madness pool with uh people me and dj's family there's 24 of those and i got second place in that and dj's uh sister-in-law actually got first so really nicola got first you sure did wow um yeah i didn't do well in any of my brackets so i hadn't checked my brackets since the round of 32 um but i knew i just paid the people i was just giving their payment and i'm done not my year i'll just bet it's not my year hey it happens to the best of us but uh before we transition into a, a brand new segment, DJ, we should definitely give a shout out to our theme song, man. Yeah, so we always, like I said, like to forget this guy, but he did one hell of a job. Lucas Parker with the intro song. Uh, it's super catchy and the beat is fire. Uh, you can find him on Apple Music and Spotify at L-U-K-E, the number seven, Luke seven. He has an album called Virtues, Miami Six, my favorite on that um all also some of the other songs cold is a little slower but uh yeah check him out he's got some bangers uh but yeah let's let's transition to the tweet of the week our newest segment where me and kyle we just choose our tweet of the week that we found the most funny the most relatable i mean it's very open-ended what it can be uh but it's kind of funny but why don't you bat lead off here kyle what is your tweet of the week and who was it by because everyone knows this guy (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's funny. This guy is actually a capper now, and he's a capper because of him being the very first guest on the uh, Gambling Feud podcast. I mean, this dude was electric. I wanted him a part of the cappers, and so did DJ. Our buddy Pace and Brandon heard the podcast. They really wanted him on. So I'm glad he's a part of the Code of Sports cappers with me and DJ and everyone else. And that is Josh Campbell, a.k.a. Soup. And his tweet was, I can't even read this without laughing. If you are reading this tweet, you have better plate discipline than the White Sox lineup does tonight. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I mean, this dude, like he has no filter, but just that tweet just had me rolling because like the White Sox were god awful that night. And he said, if you are reading this tweet, you have better plate discipline than the White Sox lineup. Shout out to Josh. The dude is a uh, bulk tweeter, a quantity tweeter. He anything that comes to his mind, he will tweet. Some of it is just like, okay, uh, I see what you're seeing, Josh. Like you clearly bet the under here. You clearly bet you can tell what Josh bet sometimes with his tweets. But other times, he just has some straight fire ones, ones that'll get you laughing. And so my tweet of the week is also by the Josh Campbell, a.k.a. Soup. And so it's a video of a fan making a one-handed catch. Uh, So it's a foul balls hit. He makes a one-handed catch. His other hand is holding a plate of nachos. And I'm pretty sure his girlfriend, or maybe it's his wife, or I don't know, some girl that's sitting next to him, uh, and he protects her, catches the ball, keeps the nachos. And this happened during the Indians Tigers game. And so Josh tweets, 
baseball, the only sport where a fan can have the coolest play of the day. And isn't that the truth sometimes? I mean, you get you get a boring game and then a fan makes a crazy catch and the entire arena is just yelling. Oh, it's it's ah and I've never yeah, I've never my, what I was gonna say some of my favorites are like whenever like it's a dad like holding like a baby and he catches a foul ball like back like almost like Odell Beckham almost and he's and he still holds on to the baby and stuff like that but then you also have like sometimes those d-bag guys where a foul ball is going near him and his girlfriend's sitting right there and he said f it I'm out and just leaves and the girlfriend gets decked and this that guy looks like a total tool I mean the fans can make like the game and I mean Soup's absolutely right yeah oh for sure I like the beer ones where a dude like catches his beer so then he downs the beer I mean there's just so many different ones and literally it's the only sport where a fan can actively be involved. Like NBA can't really do much. NFL can't like every other sport. You're kind of restricted on what you can do. Um, unless you're our guest, which we'll talk about that story tonight uh, or later on this, not tonight, but later on this podcast about maybe what you can do in other sports to be involved, but um, no. So yeah, that's our uh, new segment and let's transition to our next new segment. Kyle, you want to go ahead and talk about that? Yeah, so the next new segment, we're gonna, me and DJ just like to throw in a bunch of new segments, keep you guys on your toes a little bit. And this new segment is called the Can't Miss Play of the Week. So DJ and I kind of look at a bunch of stuff that happens in sports and kind of break down some stuff that maybe if you missed it, uh, what, what it's about and just to kind of – because it's something that everyone should know. So, like, for me, like, this is unbelievable. So, Akil Badu – who's on the Tigers, he made his first ever MLB start on Sunday. He batted uh, ninth in their lineup because AL has uh, DHs. He batted ninth in their lineup, first pitch in the in the big leagues, Grand Slam. I mean, Unbelievable. The, Unbelievable. I mean, first pitch, which is I, – I, I can't even, like, fathom it. And then what does he do? Uh, Monday, he hits a walk-off single in the 10th inning against the Twins to win it for him. So, I mean, talk about a start in the big leagues. Uh, yeah. I you, Wow. Lock him up. Give him a Fernando Tati steal. He's clearly the GOAT. I mean, wow. No, uh, in the video, though, they did show his family, and it was super cool how, like, pumped they were for him. And, like, obviously, if they're um, – I don't know their background or, you know, if they're – what they're not. But if he can get a huge major league deal by playing like this – I mean, he can he can put them off in such a better position if they're already not, and it's just it's just awesome what sports can do. I'm sure they're just excited like to watch your son hit a grand slam. Oh man, I, I you could I couldn't pay enough money to have that happen because wow, that would be so cool. Um, but yeah, so we were gonna try and uh, tweet some of these out, these videos, fifty uh, fifty whether we get all of them or whether we get the right ones. But we're gonna try to tweet out some of these videos so you can kind of see what we're talking about. Uh, but I had a tie on mine because there's just two plays that I'm just like, wow, you can't miss this. So Nelson Cruz, um, he's batting, bases are loaded. He hits a dinger foul. It's a home run foul. You're like, wow, that, that could have been four runs, but it was foul. Next pitch, the very next pitch, hits a fair dinger. Hits a dinger fair, grand slam. And you're just like, wow, that was he just hit two home runs. One was foul, one was fair. And then his next bat, his next at bat, he hits a solo home run. I mean, just tore it up that day. Two home runs. 
He ended up going three hits and six at-bats, five RBIs, three runs, a double, and two home runs. I mean, just just unbelievable. And, I mean, this isn't, like, completely abnormal for him. But, I mean, just the the scenario and just how things happen is just – that's crazy. But, I mean, he's known for hitting probably two home runs in a game five or six times a season. Oh, for sure. The dude rakes, like – He's a DH because he can't play the field anywhere. But, man, he is one hell of a DH. I mean, wow, he can just hit. He just he just gets out of bed hitting dingers, I swear. He get, get, wakes up, eats dingers. Like, hit, I mean, the dude is just phenomenal hitter. And then so the second one is pretty cool. Happened the same night as this Nelson Cruz. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit a grand slam that was 471 feet. With a 115.1 mile per hour exit velo. I mean, just a shot. Grand slam. I just the, the sound of the bat. This is this is why it's can't misplay. You just gotta listen to the sound of the bat. The bat hits the ball, and everyone in the ballpark knows, like, oh wow, that's a grand slam. Cause it and Stan just watches and that just flies. It was it was so pretty what guys can do when they tee it up perfectly. I mean, beautiful hit. And and it's a it's an unwritten rule in baseball that when you hit a home run, you don't watch your, your ball. You just kind of run the base and stuff like that. When you hit a ball that good, I mean, give them a break a little bit. Yep. Yeah. You got to watch it for, especially a grand slam that you just like, you know, it's gone from the start because yeah, the reason why it's kind of an unwritten rule is because there was, I think it was Carlos Gomez hit one. And he just kind of sat in the box and watched it. And it ended up not like he didn't actually hit a home run, which is why you got to hustle out of the box. Um, and then him and the pitcher end up getting into it. It ended up being like a bench clearing brawl. And actually it was a pretty serious one. Like punches were thrown. Dudes got suspended. It's pretty crazy. Um, but that's why you don't watch them, especially if you know they're not gone. But when you hit a 471 foot moonshot, I think you could sit back and just be like, wow, admire it for a little bit and then start your jog. I mean, Incredible. In, in Carlos Gomez's defense, I do remember that. I'm pretty sure it was Madison Baumgartner, and that dude starts <laughs> everybody. Yep. Yeah. It was. That is exactly right. So I mean, g- give or take, but yeah, let like you said, like don't be like a a d bag and just sit there forever and stuff like that. But I mean, if you're gonna hit one that good, how often are you gonna hit one that good? Let them look at it a little bit. Yeah, or just don't – I mean, if you're a pitcher, don't throw it like that. Don't throw it where they can smash it. Like, strike them out, and then you can stare at them. Uh, simple solution. If you don't want them hitting a ball that far, don't let them. Pretty easy. And I think I remember uh, uh, somebody on – was playing against Madison Baumgartner and hit a home run into the river, and uh, Baumgartner was yelling at him to uh, run the bases. He's like, if you're so worried about me – uh, jogging and stuff like that. Don't throw me a meatball, and and that's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Preach. I I do remember that. Bumgarner gets in it with a lot of people. He uh he doesn't like uh, hitters watching the ball. They they gotta run. Otherwise, he's already mad enough about giving up the hit. So right. And he's just not. He's just been in the league long enough. He's not afraid to say anything to anyone. <laughs> no, and so. that's why players don't like him. So. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh. Let's go into our random poll. So me and DJ got a really good uh, ran- random poll here. So 
we're both going to have what we have as our best, and then we're going to have an honorable mention. So the random poll for today is, what was one of the greatest calls in sports history? So, uh, DJ, why don't you start? So mine's kind of biased because it was like one of the coolest moments of my fandom life. Uh, growing up, I was a huge UNI fan. Uh, and so just to set the scene, the nine seed UNI is playing the one seed Kansas. It's a 63-62 game with like 45 seconds left. Kansas is pressing. UNI gets it, gets it, gets it, breaks the press. Gets it to Ali Farouk Manesh, and he's wide open, but there's 30 seconds on the shot clock. So you think, waste some time, get fouled. No, Ali Farouk Manesh shoots. So the quote is, Farouk Manesh, a three, good! You can't be serious with that shot! And, yeah, it was just crazy. Like, he shoots it, he hits it. He had been on fire in the tournament, hitting threes. Ali Farouk Manesh, forever a Panther legend, as they pulled off a huge upset against Kansas. Uh, and then honorable mention, I didn't get to see this one lifetime, but it's such a big moment for like the United States. Uh, and everyone knows about the, the miracle on ice or whatever they call it. Uh, but basically during the Cold War, uh, the United States hockey team was playing the Soviet Union, who was four time defending champions. The U.S. was huge underdogs and the, the U.S. wins four to three. And in the final seconds, Al Michaels says, do you believe in miracles? Yes. And so it was just crazy. And it was, I mean, like they, they had the whole speech in the movie where it's like, these guys might beat us nine out of 10 games, but they're not beating us tonight. And it's just such a patriotic moment. And I love it. And I hate the Soviet Union. So let's go USA. Those are those are two really, really solid quotes, CJ. I remember watching that you and I Kansas game live. I mean, Kansas was supposed to win the field by far. I mean, they had uh, Xavier Henry and uh, I don't remember Col who else. They had Collins. They had, more, they had the Morris brothers, Markeith and Marcus. They had Aldridge, Cole Aldridge. They had Sharon Collins. I mean, just loaded with talent. And I just remember watching that, and Faroka Manesh had absolutely – no business shooting that three and just does buries it. Just, just straight swish, not even like fluky at all. And yeah, I mean, he should have, he should have waited, took some time off the clock, gotten fouled, hit his free throws. They would have went up three, but no shooters, shooters. When they see blood in the water, killers, when they see blood in the water, they go for it. And he just back of the net. It was, Oh, it was crazy. I remember just spazzing out with, I think it was actually Lucas Parker, the, uh, the uh, writer of the intro song, me and him were watching that game in our grandma's basement and we were just freaking out together. We, oh, it was, I, I always remember that game and where I was. Cause I, yeah, that's crazy. But what do you got, Kyle? I think you got some good ones, don't you? Yeah. So my choice for the greatest call in sports history was by Mike Breen. Who's what he's, he's my favorite NBA announcer by far. The dude's been around forever. And this was in game seven of the 2016 finals games tied. 86 2016 i think i said 86 86 and uh kyrie tries shooting a shot misses it uh Dur i think durant no it wasn't durant iguodala, iguodala got the rebound he passed it up ahead to I curry thought, i thought it was iguodala that shot it yeah it is he oh okay my bad my bad sorry he passes you're good so to reset the stage again, so Kyrie misses the shot. Iguodala gets the rebound. He passes it up ahead to Curry, and Curry passes it to Iguodala. LeBron comes out of nowhere and blocks the shot. So the quote is, 
Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And just the block by James, like just everything about it, the block itself, the call, you could see the bench stand up and go crazy. Just everything about that gives me chills just seeing it. And I remember I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings during this game in the kitchen. I remember everybody at B-Dubs was going absolutely nuts. And I told one of the waiters, said, what the heck is happening? He goes, dude, LeBron just had the best block ever. And I saw it and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I missed that live. But still, just blocked by James, the best call, in my opinion, in sports history. And then honorable mention is uh, the Minneapolis Miracle. Because yes, I was watching, I was watching that game. I'm I'm a Titans fan, but I have lots of Vikings fans that are my friends. And Joe Buck was calling the game, and <laughs> this was going to be the last play. This was do or die for the Vikings. This was it. They had no timeouts. They just need to get out of bounds, maybe get towards field goal range. So, uh, passes thrown to Diggs, and the Saints players collide, and Diggs waltzes in for the ends into the end zone to win, taking to the NFC Championship. And Joe Buck on the call and says, it is caught. Diggs, sideline, touchdown, unbelievable. Just like the pauses and just how excited Joe Buck was. Like Joe Buck, 95% of the time is not very good, but that call is one of his best. Yep. I hate to give the man's a compliment, but wow, that was such a cool moment. Unbelievable. Still to this day, I can't believe it. And the block by James, oh my gosh. Twitter went crazy with that for like so many different things. Oh, it was hilarious. And that play, I remember watching it. And I I remember LeBron just like kind of tapped into his like inner gazelle or something because he just runs out of nowhere. Like, you're like, there's no way LeBron can get to this. There's no way. Just runs it down. Crazy athletic, skies up and like, you're just like, no, dude, like humans can't do that. Like that, that was like a tiger or like some sort of like athletic and crazy fast cheetah. Like that, that was, it was insane. But LeBron James, he's an anomaly and that play, oh my gosh, like chills, man. Uh, I remember, uh, I remember looking on Twitter the next day and, I, and there was a tweet that said, uh, name three words that mean that mean more than I love you and that and <laughs> walk by James. <Yes. laughs> oh, Twitter went crazy. There were so many. There's some adult ones that oh, they're just hilarious. Oh man. Yeah, those are some good ones. We'll allow you guys to vote. If you don't like any of those, feel free to comment on what you think is the better or what one you think that we did not mention. Um, but yeah, let's go to our I think our favorite segment, uh, Mike, other than the guest picker, our favorite segment, Mike Drop, uh, which is basically us just ranting about a topic, could be sports related, could not be, could be anything, could be some lady that spilled a coffee on us. I don't know what it's going to be about, but it's Mike Drop and it's a freedom to say whatever you want to rant about. Kyle, I'll let you bat lead off because I know you're passionate about this one. Let's hear it, buddy. What do you got for your Mike Drop? So this one is going to be, uh, it's related to sports in a way, but it's also just about life in general a little bit. And we on this show, we like to have a good time. We like to joke and have fun and stuff like that. And this is not me saying this for likes or for views. This is me saying this just as like a human person. And it's just about 
something I've seen a lot in the news lately. Like I live in Sioux city. So you see stuff like this in the news all the time, you know, DJ, you and I got uh, family in Kansas city, Des Moines, um, Atlanta, uh, Chicago, just places all around the world. And they all hear stuff like this too. And it's just, it, it hurts me. It's men like abusing women, both physically, sexually. And, you know, you see it, um, in sports today, you know, Deshaun Watson having a bunch of accusations against him, whether they're true or not, obviously it's guilty and in, or innocent until proven guilty. So we'll see what happens there. But like Ray Rice and like just some messages that Von Miller sent, like men nowadays are getting a very, very bad vibe. And for good reason too. like the amount of times I've seen a story of a woman being abused both physically, sexually, emotionally by a man is disgusting. And like when these things happen, like there's a number of people to think of. I think of both my sisters. What if that was them? I think of my girlfriend. What if that was her or like just anybody down the line? That's why, like I always tell my girlfriend, I will never, ever, no matter how mad I get at you, raise a fist at you because I know I'm better than that. And there, there just comes to a point when we as a society need to look ourselves in the mirror and say, are we doing our part to help this stop? And this is something that needs to be done and over with. And it's just, it's sickening. And I really, really hope that something, there's a change that gets started to end this. And I hope that men seriously take a look at themselves in the mirror and saying, am I treating girls the way they should be treated? Kyle, that was beautiful, man. I mean, perfectly said. And it's sickening. I'm like, men are evil. I, I will say it time and time again. Men are terrible people. And there are there are people like I would say you and I, Kyle, who actually know how to respect people. And I think that comes from having sisters growing up and just certain things you learn. Um, but yeah, there's just so many dudes that do stuff. And I'm just like, dude, why? Why do you have to do this? Like, I would be terrified to be a woman. Like, imagine walking home at night. Right now, if I had to walk home from, like, like if I had to walk a couple blocks, or even back when I was in college, like, walking home at night from the bars or at all, I was never, ever thinking, like, oh, what if someone comes up on me and, like, tries to do something sexual or physically? I've never thought of that. But women? Oh, my gosh. I would think of that. Like, if I was a woman, I would be so paranoid and worried that that might happen to me because men are just evil evil creatures and it, it, you're right Kyle something's got to change it, it's bad and it's I mean I, I think maybe it comes down to family structure not family structure but just kind of how your parents raise you um, obviously we were both raised by very classy and respectable men and we had that kind of image to follow but like if I ever had a case pull up of like me physically assault or sexually assaulting a woman like I don't how would I ever be able to talk to my mom or my sisters or hang out with my nieces again? Like, Oh my gosh. Like just respect women. That's all we're asking Kyle. Right. Just that's, respect them. That's, oh. that, that's exactly right. And just picture them in your shoes. And like I said, we all have very, very important people in my life. Like my two sisters are my two sisters are like my brother too, but like my two sisters for this scenario, just so important to me. My girlfriend, I love her so, so much. My mom, my aunts, my cousins, just my friends, just we all know 
women in our lives. And before you make a decision, all I ask is you just think. And like I said, just try and end this. So like this doesn't become a thing. I hate the fact that girls are scared. Yeah. Just, I hope that something does get done about this. This is not a political show by any means. I don't think this is a political topic. I think this is a human nature topic. Yes, right on. That should be addressed. So I will throw that out there right now. This show is far from a political show, but like this is just something that, and it, it's related to sports and the fact that, like I said, Deshaun Watson has all these accusations against him. I hope they're not true because they are. That makes me think totally different of him. You know, guys like Ray Rice, who did that to his girlfriend, like I said, Von Miller had those DMs. And some people that even go as far as OJ, yep. you know? So it's it's just it relates to sports and the fact that there's men nowadays that still think this is okay. And this is not okay. So like I said, we as a society need to look in the mirror and just say, how can we end this? Yeah. And I think it relates perfectly with sports because if some random Joe does this, it doesn't get blown up on the media because no one knows about him. But when someone like your Von Millers, your Ray Rice, when they do something like this, you see how like, you see it get and the thing is if they're doing it it's done all over there's so many people where it's not blown up in the media about and it should be like this shouldn't be acceptable behavior and it is but we only hear about it when it's someone famous who does it and then we everyone's like oh my gosh you see but like it happens all the time and it's like it's, it's ridiculous there needs to be a put like be a man be a man and respect women it's really not that hard like if she doesn't like you don't make advances. It, it's very, it's a very simple. Um, if someone made advances on you that you didn't like, you wouldn't like it. I mean, there's it, just, it's so simple yet. It seems like it's just, it's a foreign topic. Like it seems like most guys just do all this bad stuff. And like I said, feel terrible that women have to walk in the alone in the dark and like all this stuff that they have to think about. It's, it's sickening, Kyle. I, I, I'm glad you brought the, the issue to light because it should be addressed more and it's not political whether you're on the left whether you're on the right whether you're independent whether you're whatever you are it, this should not be a oh it's that side. it should be a simple like respect women it's very easy respect them boom done case closed oh gets me you got me you got me jumping on your rant kyle yep nope it's it's very true so it's just something to think about and i'm not calling out anyone in particular too and i'm not saying uh, just like condoning any actions or just saying like, and I'm sure there's, there's two sides to every story. I don't care. I'm telling this from a just general perspective. So that's, that's my mic drop. I know I went quite a bit over time, but uh, DJ, whenever you're ready, we can transition to your mic drop. Yeah, no, definitely a, a great, probably going to be our best mic drop ever because it's something that and I, I kind of helped you on your mic drop, so I definitely stole some of your time. But, no, I'm going to keep mine simple. The MLB opening day scheduling was ridiculous. I mean, did anyone do any knowledgeable research at all? So opening day was a Thursday, right? Most people are going to work 8 to 5. Can we assume that? I would say yes. So yeah. most people – yeah, most people working at 8 to 5. So I'm just going to say, these are the start times, first pitch for the games. There was two games that started at noon, two games started at one, one game started at two, five games started at three. So that's what, two, three, so that's seven plus, or yeah, 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 three. Oh, man, my math's way off. Five, ten games, sorry. Ten games that started before three. Okay, 
So majority of people aren't going to be able to watch any of those games. They're working. You might be able to catch the end, those last three innings or so of the 3 p.m. games if you get off at five. So now zero games that started between four and 8 p.m. What is what is going on? We have opening day. People are going to be going home with nothing to watch. And we just have nothing like we get to catch the end of the 3 p.m. games and that's it. I mean, what what is going on in the MLB? And then three games started at 9 p.m. And these are all central times. So basically the prime time of my night, I got to watch the end of a couple games. And then I just got to sit there and watch Netflix or Hulu or actually do something productive, like read a book or clean your house or like I didn't even have anything to watch from four to eight. Are you kidding me? Who scheduled this? Who? I just I want to know who's responsible because this is just embarrassing. Like what? What, Kyle, am I off base here? What is going on? You're, you're not off base at all because I was wondering the same, the same thing. Until uh, President Biden or whoever becomes president makes MLB opening day a national holiday that everybody has to have off. Yes. Then it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, like, not everyone, like, okay, I'm an accountant, first of all. Ain't no way I'm going to be able to watch a baseball game during tax season during, while I work and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. So. Like you said, I don't know who came up with that scheduling, but I mean, that was ridiculous. Know your audience. It's simple. Know your audience. Most of your audience is going to be off from five to 10. And we just got no games until the last hour. We got three games from nine to 10, but now you got to go to bed. So now like, oh my gosh, I just, how hard is it? to throw a couple, just throw me a couple games. The thing is, I don't even care what they are. They could have been the two worst teams in the league, the Giants versus the Tigers, like two of just the Orioles versus the Tigers, like just two teams that have no chance. And I would have been interested because it would have been the only game on, but instead they botched it. And I'm, yeah, I'm done on my rant, but seriously, MLB, like how hard is it? Like who has this job? They should be fired. Anyway, Kyle, I hear you got some statistics for us. What is? What do you got for us? Yes, I do, DJ. Really good rant as well. That was – that was. it's going to be tough to beat that mic drop, I think, on either of our parts. So, I think that was – Yep, we did well that time. We did well. We cleaned up. It's our favorite segment, so we cleaned up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, my crazy stat of the week is sponsored by Muddy Bites. Everyone loves the champ cones, and by far the best part of the champ cone is the end of it with just the chocolate and cone. That's exactly what Muddy Bites is. It's just a bag full of the end of the champ cones. They are sold specifically online at muddybites.com. Be sure to get your bag. So uh, my stat is via ESPN Stats and Info on Twitter. So Jalen Suggs, in their final four game against UCLA, became the fifth freshman in the last 30 years to have 15 points, five assists, and shoot 50% from the field in consecutive NCAA tournament games. And the, and the four guys that he joins, I mean, listen to this crew, Jalen Rose, Mike Conley, Derek Rose, and Tyreek Evans. I mean, what a company to be a part of with that statistic. Yeah, those are some real dudes. Derek Rose at Memphis was so fun. Oh, my gosh. So, so good. Oh. it's And it's just a matter of what could have been for that man. Because, I mean, that man could have – like, we want to be having these uh, – who's the best – point guard curry or whoever it derrick rose in his prime was one of the best i've seen mvp d rose oh my the knee the fact that his knee blew out it's so sad 
Oh, what? Yeah, like you said, what could have been? Oh, man. But, yeah, no, that is a crazy stat. And Jalen Suggs, even though he lost, is still a great player. And he's, I think he's going to do great in the NBA. Um, so I'm excited. I mean, he had that block against the UCLA guy in UCLA, that UCLA game. He had the block transition, sick pass to an easy dunk. Like that right there. It's like, oh yeah, that guy's an NBA talent shoots. Amazing. I'm, I'm excited to see who drafts him and how he does. He'll, he'll go high for sure. And like I said, he's very, very talented. He joins a really talented crew. So I just thought that was interesting to throw out there to kind of conclude our college basketball talk here on the podcast, but let's transition DJ to your uh, pro betting tip of the week. Yeah. So DJ's pro betting tip sponsored by Luch farms, great stakes come from happy cattle and happy cattle. They come from Luch farms. We're, you know, we're just feeding the world one day at a time, one step at a time, just trying to do our part to end hunger. Uh, and so this one we've kind of touched on multiple different times throughout our podcast, but it's essentially not betting with your heart. Uh, and basically, when you bet with your heart, you're betting on a team that you love or that you like. Um, and so if they win, awesome. It's so fun. You win, you win money. It's, it's, it's the best. It's the best. But when you lose, it's so sad. You're sad that your team lost. You're sad that your bank account now has let or your sports account has less money. Like it just and I feel like you're biased when you're betting with your heart. You're just like, oh, I know the Hawks can win today or I know this can happen. And you're just you're not making a clear judgment bet. Um, and so as a general rule of thumb, I don't bet with my heart. Maybe the only exception is I bet like Cubs games, but I don't usually bet on the Cubs. Uh, but like, if I know the under is going to hit, I'm just like, ah, Kyle Hendricks on the mound versus another great pitcher. It's 20 degrees in Wrigley. The ball ain't flying out today. Like I'm betting the under, uh, but I'm not, I'm, I try to stay away from betting on my own teams. I don't know about you, Kyle. Do you ever bet with your heart? I don't just the fact that my mind gets skewed in a way that I just think it's an, it's an easy cover. Like for example, like I almost bet like last year when Iowa played uh Northwestern, I thought that was just a, an easy, an easy cover. I think Iowa was favored by like seven points or whatever. I thankfully didn't bet on them because Spencer Petrus is garbage. And, uh, but no, I definitely am with you, DJ. I don't, bet with my heart even like in the slightest would I ever want to it never works and you just end up in pain um but yeah so just if you're betting on your team don't it just doesn't work unless you're good at it maybe I'm terrible it sounds like you just don't even try like I don't just don't even try it's it's a bad combo to mix um so last week we did our first home run pick em segment and Kyle, both of our guys had zero home runs, which made the segment kind of boring. Um, so we decided to throw in a second curveball. So we are still going to do the home run pick'em segment, but we are also adding in a separate segment that'll go with the segment, a lot of segments, um, called the Daily Fantasy Baseball Player of the Week. So same concept. We each choose one player and we use fan duel scoring for that whole week basically and whoever's player has more points gets to win that week um whereas the home runs both your guys stand up with zero whereas with this one of us going to be a clear-cut winner because they're going to get singles runs stolen bases i mean everything you're getting points for and there's just no way there's a tie so that will help make it more interesting and more competitive whereas the home run one's just kind of fun 
But yeah. So Kyle, you want to bat lead off? Who is your home run pick and player? And then on top of that, who is your daily fantasy baseball player? Yeah, absolutely, DJ. So again, I'm gonna for the home run, I'm gonna stay away from the uh the big time players right now. I'm gonna go with a guy who I think can really, really go off. They're playing the Braves for most of the week. I think he's gonna have a definite chance of hitting a home run. I'm going to take Reese Hoskins to be my home run. I like it. I like it. And then I was going to say, if he's playing the Cubs, I would bet him for sure. Cause he just destroys the Cubs. It's ridiculous. Every time he does. And I, now that I think about it, I probably should have saved it, but regardless (laughs) playing the Braves. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. And then, for the daily fantasy player, again, I'm going to hold off a little bit on the just e- extremely big names. And I'm going to go with a guy who's uh, they're just finishing up their series against the athletics. And then they're playing the nationals this week. I'm going to take Corey Seager for my daily fantasy sports picker for the first week of that. I like it. Um, so for my, Home run picker, I am going to go kind of a long shot. He hit two home runs today, and I'm just going to bet that he's going to continue to hit home runs. I think he's hot. Uh, His name is Tyler Naquin. He used to play for the Indians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's still alive. He's still in the league, in case you were wondering. But he popped off today with two home runs. Today, as we record, I guess, uh, he popped off with two home runs. So I'm going to ride with him. Because I can't get worse than zero, which is what I had this week. Hunter Renfro was a terrible choice. I don't know what idiot would choose him. Terrible idea by me. At least Jock Peterson hit like three sacrifice flies. Like he had a chance of hitting one of those out. Hunter Renfro just did awful. Um, and then for my daily fantasy, I'm also – so I like the Reds matchup. They play the Pirates a couple times this upcoming week. And then I think it's someone else bad. So they have basically two easy matchups. Um, so I'm going to roll with Mike Moustakis moves okay i like that i like that oh yeah kind of a cool story so me my brother and my mom once did a tour of royal stadium and this is the year after they won the world series in 2016 i think no no, no cubs won in 2016 so it have been 2015 no cubs won in 2018 2016 the cubs won yeah so 2015 then anyway my timeline's all messed up yeah because 2014 would have been the giants so 2015 so this is 2016. Ha So the year is 2016. I'm touring the Royal Stadium. We're going and we get on the elevator and we go down and the elevator opens up and it's just Mike Moustakis, some Kelvin Herrera, and then some bum I've never heard of in my life. And I just look, I'm like, oh, it's Moose. And I'm like, Moose. And he gives me a little head nod. And then we just walk by him. And so, yeah, I'm going with Moose, even though he plays for the Reds now. I still, I, I think he's, he's, he's batting like 300 right now. Got like three or four RBI. So I think he's going to have a big week against the Pirates. And yeah, that's who I'm going with. So now we got our last segment before the guest pick them. Kyle, you want to kind of explain this new segment we got? Yeah. So for those of you that aren't big on Twitter, something me and DJ do is every week or every day we put out five uh, picks for who we think is going to, or like a spread and over under a money line what we think is going to cover and we tweet it out and then DJ and I keep a track of how we do. And then whoever has the highest winning percentage wins the month, but the catch is once a week, DJ and I have to use what's called a mortal lock. And what that is, is a, 
is a lock that DJ and I feel like is absolutely going to hit. No, no doubt about it, but you have to use it once a week. If it hits, it is worth five wins. But if it doesn't hit, it's worth five losses. And me and DJ have been killed on a fair share of mortal lock losses. So let's talk a little bit about our mortal locks. DJ, have you used a mortal lock recently at all that you want to discuss? So we had the end of the week or the end of the week or the end of the month ended in the middle of the week. So me and Kyle had a discussion. The month was over. I kind of had him beat. So we decided to postpone our mortal lock until the next month. Well, my mortal lock fell at the end of the, that month. Um, and I want to say it was the Carolina Hurricanes, or maybe it was the Lightning. I, it was a hockey team. Hit easy money, but it didn't really matter because I couldn't use it. So move on. Well, then we get to Sunday. I'm going to use my mortal lock. And Kyle texts me, hey, I don't really feel like doing a card today. I was what some would call a little hungover and a little tired. Um, and so I didn't feel like looking at baseball lines or any lines at all. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, if you don't want to do anything today, like I'm, I'm actually really cool with that. Like, let's just celebrate Easter, man. Um, and so that was when I was going to, so then Kyle granted me a one-time exception of getting two mortal locks. So I have yet to use my mortal locks and I'll go off on a brief, small discussion. Mortal locks are so scary. They're basically like five unit bets is what they are. Instead of every other bet, we make the one unit, essentially, when we do our pickums with the five picks a day. And it's just, it's so hard to choose which one on that entire week. Because what? So seven days times five, that's 35 picks a week, correct? Yep. My math right? And so you have to choose one of those 35 every week to make your mortal lock. And it's, I don't know about you, Kyle, but it's tough to figure out which one. Because it's, it's always, if you lose, you always chose the wrong one. And then I'm always like, ah, I want to choose this one. And then I back out. Hits every time. I mean, it's it's literally mind. Like, it destroys. It's so hard. It's, I mean, I'm almost losing sleep over here trying to decide which of these four games to choose my mortal. I mean, it's, people do not realize how tough it is. But my last mortal lock, I do remember, I chose the Boston Bruins. They got embarrassed 1-0 by the Devils, who are trash. And then two days later, they played the Devils again, and I went all in on the Bruins, and they won. So didn't win the mortal lock, but won the war, you could say. But anyway, Kyle, you've used more recently, and you've had a great one, which we kind of addressed earlier in the show. But, yeah, what do you got there? Yeah, so I used my mortal lock during the Final Four game on Saturday. There was a Baylor minus five. And I just thought, you know, like I said, Houston ha had such an easy path to the final four. Like they damn near lost to Rutgers. Uh, they embarrassed Syracuse, but Syracuse played like garbage. And Buddy Beheim played like garbage. And then uh, they beat Loyola Chicago in the Elite Eight. Am I correct? Yeah. So, or who? Yeah. No, yeah, Oregon State beat Loyola Chicago. And then Oregon State lost to Houston. Yep, that's right. It was it was so long ago, but uh, wait, it seriously feels like months ago. But uh, so I just thought, you know, they they had such a cupcake schedule just to get there. Uh, I don't think Baylor is gonna. Baylor's way different than those other teams they played. I think they're gonna be in for a shell shock. I think it's gonna be a double digit game here. So minus five is just blasphemy. So. I'm going to definitely use my mortal lock here. They end up winning by 19. So, I mean, that covered easy. So that was a great hit. It didn't matter. I was terrible last month, but 
or it was this month actually. So I'm off to a good start. And I was, I was actually not doing so hot the first couple of days. I think I was four and six going into that mortal lock and that mortal lock, I went five and oh, so with the other four bets. So that was a big, big, big time hit for me. So yeah, definitely. And we'll definitely uh, keep tweeting out those picks and uh, discussing our mortal locks for those that don't follow us on Twitter, but that is our mortal lock talk. And that concludes the regular part of the show. Now let's transition to an epic guest pick them. And we are on to our guest pick them segment sponsored by pitchfork ag pitchfork ag is a family owned business owned by me and DJ's uncle Mike. It's a very, really good family owned business that sells steel and Toro products. Uh, they got lawnmowers, they got snowblowers and they can fix almost any mechanical issues you have with either of those things. So be sure to check them out. Pitchfork ag in Lamar's. So we got another guest for our guest pick them today. Really, really excited for it. All our guests that are on the guest pick them are competing for the chance to be in the top eight for the elite eight, I guess what me and DJ say for the gambling feud contest. So if you're in the top eight for the contest, you will compete against another uh, person and the winner of that will take home some money to be determined, but we'll cover that a different day. So just a quick recap on the standings right now the leader to beat right now is alex long at plus 10.6 units second place is josh campbell aka soup at plus 8.1 units the third seed is tyler devos at plus 4.38 units the fourth seed is brody carr at plus 3.74 units tyler paulson who we had on last week is the five seed at 2.3 units JT Jake Thompson is the six seed at minus 0.74 units. Uh, Eric Luch, the face of Luch Farms, is the seven seed at minus 4.36 units. And the eight seed right now is Polk Nation at minus 7.64 units. So those are the scores to beat to be in the top eight. Uh, DJ, we got a really exciting guest on. Let's get to it. Yeah, so our guest today is the David. David, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Deeds. So yeah, me and this guy go way back. Shout out Pedro for introducing us. Uh, we've partied together in college quite a bit. And uh, yeah, David knows how to party. I'll give him that. Yeah, you know it, bro. Fucking <laughs> so glad that we met uh, through Pedro. You guys weren't even roommates. We're, oh, well, you were roommates sophomore year, huh? Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what a time. What a time. Oh, yeah. One of the best memories I have of just partying with David is he, he tells us to come up for the – was it the Iowa State game in Iowa, I think it was? I think that might have been. Was that when you guys came up? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. For the sake of the story, we're going to pretend it was. But anyway, <laughs> we went up for an Iowa tailgate, and David's at a fraternity. And so he uh, hits us up. He says he can get us into their tailgate. And I'm like, okay, that, that's pretty cool. So we pull up, and it's sponsored by Natty Light. So free Natty Light the entire time. You had to, like, get in with the guests, and David hooked us up. It was it was sweet. It was fun. I had, yeah, I got a little too drunk. Oh, no, it was you and I. It was you and I. Oh, oh now that, I remember. Yeah, yes, you came up for a reason. Yeah, it was you and I versus Iowa. I was wearing my you and I jersey, talking mad trash, even though I had a huge wager on Iowa, because oh. I knew you and I wasn't winning. <laughs> oh but yeah shout out david that was that was up with the uh pulling up with the cooler full of beer i'm like you're gonna you're not gonna need that yeah 
<laughs> I remember I was like, what? You're like, bro, no, like the tailgate's got to cut. It was, yeah. You, they literally like, it's crazy. You can maybe expand on this, but they rent, you guys rent out someone else's backyard every Iowa home game and you party there. Is that, is that, is that right? That's pretty much it. We rent it out uh, all season, actually. We, we make a deal with them at the beginning of the season, rent it out for an indisclosed fee, and then, uh, you know, get to party in their backyard close to Melrose Avenue for the rest of the, the football season. It's pretty dope. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, wow, you and I tailgates, like, are awful. Like, these are nothing compared to Iowa, which should be expected based on the difference in football. But, oh, yeah, those were good old days right there. I love it. But, yeah, so what are you up to nowadays? What are you doing these days? I'm a, I'm a car salesman, man. I know we were talking a little earlier, talking about uh, commission, you know, being your own boss. And, you know, I, I, I feel that 100%, bro. I'm in the car business you know, being my own boss, you know, dictating how much money I'm making. And, you know, I got, I got my good team around me over there at Carl Chevrolet. So those guys put me, put me on and, uh, you know, great training and all that. I'm only a month in, so, so I'm the new kid on the block, but I'm learning a lot and I'm, I'm about to be a savage. I'm about to sell more cars than anyone there. Oh, you're going to go off. I already know it. I already know it. I'm going to have to hit you up. My car is pretty old and pretty terrible so it's got about 60 to 70,000 miles left so I got a couple years but then then I'm gonna have to hit you up all right don't tell me you're still you're still rocking with little Kodak that oh. <laughs> little Kodak the silver bullet is still repping only 125,000 miles it's insane how does an 04 only have 125,000 miles uh, I don't know that car's an OG <laughs> seriously the sketchiest car on the block no hubcaps but hey it is what it is. But anyway, so um, obviously this is a sports gambling show. So uh, what sports teams or players are you a fan of? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, so I'm a soccer guy, and uh, my main team is Barcelona over there in uh, good old Barcelona, Spain. Those are my guys. Been following them since like 2005, 2006. After um, this Mexican player, actually, a defender, he – uh, moved from a Mexican team to Barcelona. He, I mean, which is, you know, super rare for any Mexican players to get scoured and get put on a hu huge European roster like Barcelona. And he became a staple of that team, starting center back for many, many years, won, won a couple European titles, won a couple league titles. And so that that's where it started. And I mean, that was right around the time when Messi started making his debut, which is, that that's my guy. If you know me, you know I'm a Messi guy. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, just just been riding with him and with Barcelona ever since then. And I mean, the guy's still going. It's it's been like 15 years, bro. So I mean, how can I not keep riding that wave? You know, I mean, he hasn't let me down since. Yeah. So you were kind of on there before the bandwagon, then of the whole Messi. You, like you beat everyone there. You never really were a bandwagoner. Oh no, bro. You know, I I didn't have to check a social media to to look at highlights. I didn't have to do none of that because I was watching it. You know. Yeah. I, I was in the presence. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And so speaking of Messi, you kind of have a very unique story of you actually had an interaction with Messi. And I mean, do you just want to kind of take the mic and kind of tell kind of your side of the story of what happened? Because it was it was crazy cool. It was 1998. No. <laughs> uh, so we go we'll go back a little bit, not too far. But so it's about five years ago now. Damn, it's 2016, right after graduated high school. And um they're playing the uh, the Copa America, which is um, the, the South American tournament, you know, King of South America tournament. And uh, they were playing in the States that year. 
And so, so I really wanted to go. My brother didn't want to go. I couldn't find anyone to go with. Uh, my, uh, I ended up going to the rec center. I remember leaving the rec center and on my way out, I saw my brother's friend and he was just like, Oh, you going to that game? And I'm like, nah, dude. He's like, he's like, bro, we're going. I'm like, he's like, he's like, you want to come with us? I'm like, dude, come on, please. Can I? And he's like, dude, come on. Yes, of course. I hop on the internet that day. I remember it was like a Monday. I bought the ticket and I remember I bought that ticket and it was like a hundred bucks or something. And I was like, damn, I'm, I'm paying a hundred bucks to, to meet Lionel Messi. Cause bro, I had it in my mind. It was premeditated. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I bought that ticket, I was like, bro, when am I ever going to get this close to Messi ever? So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something. And so, you know, the days go by and then the game was like on a Saturday, I believe. And so I didn't tell no one anything that I was planning on doing this. I was, I, I was already planning on, uh, you know, hopping on the field you know, maybe getting into a little bit of trouble, but all, all worth it if I was going to be able to meet my meet my dude, Mesty. And uh, so time's winding down in the game. It's about like the 80th minute. And, uh, you know, I text, I text my moms, you know, I'm still 18 years old, you know, she, she's still in my life like that. So I'm like, mom, I'm about to do this shit. And she's like, she just says, I think she thought I was kidding. She's like, she's like, very good, very good. All right, <laughs> very good, my son. I'm like, okay. So I leave my I leave my party and I uh, I walk around the whole stadium. This is in Chicago. We're at Soldier Field, and uh, it's Argentina Panama. And I walk around the whole feet, the whole uh, ring. Go to the other side of the uh, the stands where where Messi was playing on. And I mean, I was like, I don't even know. My tickets were like thirtieth row or something, but. My dude Messi was putting on the show that day, gave me so much opportunities to sneak by the security because, you know, as soon as he scored, the security just stops looking for, for intruders. They're just looking at the game. They're like, oh, shit, what just happened? So in that moment, I sneak down. I, I shuffle through some people. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Go down, get into the first row, bro. And uh, and there I am. There's like five minutes left in the game, and I'm, I'm shaking like a fucking leaf. I'm like... <laughs> I'm right there, like, just thinking about, bro, like, how am I actually going to muster the courage to do this shit? And uh, lo and behold, there was a real Argentinian man next to me in an Argentinian jersey. And I was just, you know, I just felt like I had to get it off my chest, tell someone. I was like, I was like, you know, I'm about to do, I'm I'm about to jump on this field. And he's like, oh, no. He's he's like, he's like, you'll go to jail, all this and that. And I'm like, "I, I don't care. And uh, he's like, all right. And then, uh, and so, dude, like I said, I'm shaking. I'm shaking so bad. I, t- I have a video of it up on my Facebook, but I freaking, I end up like holding this stranger's shoulder. I put my hand on his shoulder. I was shaking so bad. I just needed to like keep myself grounded. And uh, and then it was just another crazy coincidence. This, like this Asian dude, not to profile, he was just this Asian dude. He, he <laughs> camera, he's just like, He's like, oh, you gonna jump on the field? Like, just fucking with me. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. He's like, can I take your picture? And I was like, yeah, yeah, hurry, hurry, hurry. But I need your help. Because there's two security guards. I'm right smack dab in the middle of them. I need you to tell me when that guy is not looking. And I'm looking at this guy and seeing when he's not going to be looking, looking the opposite direction. And so, I mean, it just lined up perfectly, bro. Like, literally final whistle blew my my security guard i was looking at was was facing the other way and the the photographer dude taps my shoulder and you know that's the go and the whistle was pretty much the igniter you know like i was so 
I was like shit myself. And, uh, but once that whistle hit, you know, it was go time. And I hopped the barricade, hopped on the field. You know, I was running, running at a, at a blue and white shirt, Argentina shirt. Oh shit. I didn't have my contacts in. That's not even messy. I had to oh. divert course. <laughs> I had to divert course, bro. Like mid run. I'm like, Oh, but dude, I was booking it. I don't know what, what came over me. I was just booking it and uh, literally come, come face to face with the legend, bro. And uh, like I had, I had a pen in hand, my hat almost fell off. So I remember I just had my hat in my hand. It looked like I was trying to get him to sign a North face hat looking stupid. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm right in front of the dude. And I always think back at this. I'm like, dude, why didn't I just <clears throat> hug the dude right away? I was like, shaking in front of him t- telling him all this blabber about h- how he's the greatest how i've been a fan boom i get blindsided bro security's on my ass i get tackled speared about five feet and i'm just i'm just yelling i'm calling for leo i'm like messy oh messy help and nice guy messy you know he, he comes over and so does uh, aguero who plays for manchester city over in england and since he plays in England, you know, he knows a little bit of English. Messi doesn't know a lick. And uh, he's telling the security guards, hey, hey, get off him, get off him. And um, I'm right there, dude. Like, my, he knocked my phone out of my hands. He knocked the Sharpie out of my hands. Messi picks up the Sharpie. And as I'm getting up, he, like, signs the back of my jersey. Unknown, un- unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that even happened until I'll fast forward a bit. But so I get up and... I'm just like, oh, man, you know, a part of me feels like I failed because I'm like, oh, man, I was right there. Why didn't I, you know, whatever. But no, dude, I got up and like he was right in front of me and I'm like, I'm like a hug Leo. And uh, he just like pulled me in. And I mean, there's pictures all over the Internet, but, you know, he pulled me in, like gave me a, a nice embrace. And, you know, I was just like, I was like, thank you. And he's like, you're, you're brave. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then uh, the security guards start taking me away and. Oh, you know, they're pissed off. Oh, this is a felony. You know, I make them look so bad on their first day. Or whatever. But uh, they, so they take me to the stadium cell, bro. And then, then I turn, turn my shirt around. And then I see that, that he signed the, the, the numbers, the, the 10 on the back of my jersey. I was wearing a messy jersey, right? Of course. And uh, once I saw that signature, it was all worth it. I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude. And uh, fast forward, uh, went to the Chicago PD downtown was there for like only a few hours you know I was, I was cooperative I'm a good boy so they they brought it down to a misdemeanor went back for court a few months later got all my charges dropped blase blase so I mean, dope ass experience and well worth it no charges let's go yeah I remember seeing that video and I was like oh that's so cool like that fan got to you know hug Messi and got to like all that and then like a week later or something i realized it was actually you and i was like oh like whoa like i've touched a dude who's touched Messi. that's insane like he's the goat soccer player and oh my gosh bro it was nuts i mean like like my life after that for the like next three weeks was just insane i mean i was on oh excuse me i was on newspapers and fucking radio stations i was getting calls all the time from peru argentina colombia like all these south american countries trying to get me on their shows to talk about it. I was on Fox Deportes, which is like the Spanish Fox Sports uh, on TV. I was just all over on all this, all this, all these uh, media outlets and stuff like that. It was, it was so much, dude, that like for like the next year, year and a half, people would be like, hey, are you that guy? I just straight up be like, no, that's not. Nah. <laughs> I don't have time for, to tell this story. <laughs> but 
now now it's been long enough where you know i'm back to enjoying and enjoying telling that story and you know it brings back those fond ass memories of, of that day so i'm glad to talk about it anytime yeah no i mean that is like honestly that is just so cool and i mean he was right that's brave like 18 year old just just yeah. a young david out there bulling like i'm gonna go for it this is my this is my dude like i, I love messy i have to and you just determination man no ain't nobody stopping you ain't <laughs> and i love the co-op from the photographer like the photographer helped you out like that's dope part of the story bro i like he if it nothing would have happened if it wasn't for my dude the photographer so shouts out to him wherever you are <laughs> you got the assist we'll give him that got the assist. there we go the terms all righty. Uh, so I guess let's transition to a little bit of sports betting. So you mostly just uh, bet uh, soccer then, I would assume? Yeah, yeah. So- soccer is a big one. I mean, I like to stick to what I know. I mean, you know, I, before I started sports betting, I thought all this soccer knowledge was just, you know, coming to a waste. And then once it got legalized in Iowa and I started betting, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I finally get to put all this fucking information to, to use. <laughs> so I'm definitely into the soccer betting, yeah. For sure. Um, and then uh, what was I going to ask? Today? Oh, yeah. So and then you said you do occasionally bet some NBA and occasionally bet uh, some NHL. Yeah, yeah. I, I like uh, I have a dude who, who helps me out with that. He, he follows the sports a lot more, but I like watching NBA here and then, you know, especially if it's a good game. I'll definitely tune in and yeah, I'll bet the NBA, you know, it, for me. I mean, it's never had the best luck with it. I feel like regular season is just not my forte, but you know, I'll bet it just to put myself into the game a little bit more. Oh, yeah. It can make a uh, boring game very, very interesting. Very. <laughs> so uh, before we started recording, David was telling us that this is the primo, the ideal week to have a uh, soccer guest in the podcast or on the podcast because it is a great week uh, for soccer. Uh, do you want to explain like what's going on? I mean, me and Kyle are basically living under a rock when it comes to knowing what's going on in the soccer world. Uh, so this was just unfortunate or not unfortunate, uh, just a great likelihood or a, we stumbled upon uh, some a gold mine here because well, you can really. Well, yeah, you can really elaborate. So uh, what this is, there's a few weeks in the year that that come up like this where, you know, the, the Champions League and the Europa League, which is they're both European competitions. One is with the top top teams in each league. Another one is for, you know, teams fourth through sixth place in the leagues. Um, and, uh, it's this week and, you know, like then it's capitalized on, on Saturday by El Clasico, which is Barcelona, Real Madrid, arguably the biggest game of the year, you know, and indeed it is because the title race is as tight as it's been the whole season, whichever team wins that game is putting themselves in a, in a strong, uh, foothold to, to win the title. But, uh, let me, let me just talk about the Europa league, especially. So this week, in the Europa League, like I said, it's a, a European competition, but it's between those teams that, you know, are like fourth through sixth place in their respective leagues. And so that means they're good, but they're not that good. You know, they're, they're not the best. They still, they're still a little sloppy at the back. You know, they can concede goals, but, but hey, they're there for a reason because they can score goals to put themselves in those positions, right? So, I mean, let me just run off some, some, some games for you. So, I mean, we got Arsenal, Slavia Prague this week. We got Granada, Man United, Ajax, a Netherlands team, Roma versus Roma, an Italian team. All three of those games, Deej and Kyle, those are going to be a over two and a half 
uh, goals game. That's going to be at least three to four goals guaranteed. Ajax especially and that Roma game. I mean, those those guys score goals for fun and they concede like it's their job. They, they don't care about defense. They, they, they're really just looking to score one more than the other guy. You know what I'm saying? So between those games and uh, I mean, guys, like I said, the Europa League, that, that's where that's where the money is. You, you got to look at the overs on, on Europa League all day and night. You know, another one is, is uh, Dinamo Zagreb, Villarreal, a Croatian team versus a, a Spanish team. Both good teams, both concede a lot of goals, both score a lot of goals. Out of those four games, my, my pick, my best pick for Europa League would have to be the Ajax Roma game and the Granada Man United game. Both those games I foresee going over two and a half for sure. All right, I'm going to pencil that down and I'm going to make my first soccer wager. So let's rock and roll, baby. Let's go. And uh, so, and then I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the Champions League. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Champions League is, uh, so we got two more games going on uh, today. We had two games yesterday. We had Real Madrid beating Liverpool 3-1, which, you know, pretty surprising and kind of scary for me as a Barcelona fan seeing them <laughs> going into the weekend with that good form, but... You know, Liverpool has also been pretty shaky this uh, this last six weeks. So, you know, I, that's what I'm uh, putting that result to. And uh, then you had Man City beating Dortmund in the last minute, two to one. And, uh, you know, I mean, that game was going to see goals no matter what. And, you know, just, just listen to the score lines. I'm saying two, one, three, one. That's that's the name of the game when it comes to European competition. It's just goals, goals, goals. So that's what I'm foreseeing happening tomorrow as well with uh, Bayern Munich versus PSG. So Bayern has, I mean, arguably the best team in Europe for the last year, at least. I mean, they won the last Champions League. And uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty on course to win it this time. Right now, granted, their, their top player, their striker, Lewandowski, came out with an injury during international duty for Poland. But they just uh, beat the, they're number one in the German League. They beat the number two at the weekend and, you know, pre pretty easy. They're, they're in their stride. They don't really need a talisman. They got plenty of other players that will come up and score goals for them. So Bayern Munich has definitely got the strong foot in that game. PSG, they're good. They have good players. I think we were talking about earlier, you know, Neymar and Mbappe, they got some big names, but their, their, their defense is just too shaky to, to see them through, especially if we're talking over the two legs of, of this Bayern Munich PSG clash. They're, they're not making it, in my opinion. And especially in this game, they are the away team. I think that's just going to be too much for, for the uh, Parisians to, to handle. And I think Munich uh, tops them, I'd say, 2-1. Okay. I like that. Now, didn't Barcelona lose to PSG in, like, the first round or whatever? They did in the first round. So, I know. It's, 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 it's a catastrophe over there. I mean, <laughs> Barcelona got whooped the first game four to zero, but um, or sorry, uh, four one. But um, but we came back in in the second game and and uh, tied them one to one. So um, you know it, it it's uh, you know it's it's bittersweet. Obviously, we didn't even get a dub on them, but we looked a hell of a lot better in that second game. And you know there's some pretty shaky calls by the refereeing that game that that really could have swung it uh, Barcelona's way. But, you know, since then, I mean, PSG hasn't been all the more, um, like, comfortable in their attack. I mean, right after uh, tying with Barcelona, they lost versus, like, a mid-table team. 
they want they be uh, an average team in, in the league. They be another contender in the league four to two. So, you know, they're conceding goals. And then their last game at the weekend, they lost one zero versus uh, the top the other top three team in the league, Lille. So, you know, their their confidence isn't soaring and um, uh, Byron, excuse me have won their last 18 of their last 19 games. So, they're, you know, they're, they're just on a hot streak right now. And injuries are not, they're, they're, they're looking to, to put them down. And I think that's what's going to happen. If I were to put a wager on it, which I will, um, <laughs> <laughs> then I am definitely going to go with uh, Bayern Munich to win. Uh, I'm going to put three units on that. I'm pretty confident about that. And I'm going to bet on the BTTS which is one that a lot of you folks that are looking into betting on soccer need to get into. It's both teams to score. It's a good bet. There's usually some good value on them. And I believe, I mean, people are expecting it to happen, but I think we're still looking at, I think it was like minus 170. So, I mean, not terrible, but I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, Bayern Munich scores goals, PSG scores goals. And um, yeah, I mean, those are my two bets for that game for sure. All right. I like it. So transitioning then let's, yeah, let's get into some games. What Kyle, you ready to get picking some games and get this all going? You bet I am. But before I do that, David, I did want to say too, I've seen that video of you with Messi. I would I, that's crazy that that's you because I've seen that what? video dude, several times. That's crazy, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I, I never would have, never would have got to me, but no, that's crazy. And uh yeah let's let's get into the pick him so david already knows this we talked to him about it earlier but and for you at home if you don't know he gets five units per game he can disperse that however he chooses he also doesn't have to use all five units so we'll dive right in now uh before we get into some soccer let's talk a little nba so we got a game uh wednesday or tonight at 6 30 on espn between the pelicans and the nets this is their first patch matchup of the season and there's no line at the moment because the pelicans as we record are playing the hawks uh some injuries to note though fellas uh for the pelicans brandon ingram questionable with a foot injury zion questionable with a thumb injury steven adams questionable with a concussion and then for the nets see me and dj have had an argument about this because he thinks they're flipped i think that this is right but kd is probable with a hamstring he should be back i believe Harden, I heard, is out for 10 days with the hamstring injury. So that is what we got for in- injuries. DJ, do you want to talk a little trends here? Yeah, so Kyle's source says it's KD that's back. My source says it's Harden. So we have no idea who's playing in this game, but someone <laughs> will play. That's what we do know. Uh, but, yeah, so some trends here. Uh Pelicans aren't really good at covering. They're 23 and 26 against the spread this year. Uh, 11 and 11 on the road, three and two in their last five. The Nets, kind of the same thing. They're 24 and 27 against the spread, 12 and 15 at home, and one and four in their last five. Now, over-unders, though, these teams, they like to hit overs. So the Pelicans are 32 and 16 at hitting the over this year, 12 and 10 on the road, three and two in their last five. And then the Nets are 30 and 21 at hitting overs this year, 14 and 13 at home, and a surprising one and four in their last five. Uh, so obviously, this game with the Nets and the players, there's 
a billion different players to watch. But Kyle, why don't you give us some stats of the players we're really looking at for these games? I say this for a lot of games, DJ. I'm going to say it again. It's crazy. There's only one basketball being played for this game with just the amount of superstars we got here. The a Pelican, whole lot of shooters. Whole lot of shooters. Yes. The Pelicans, you got Zion, who's been really, really solid this year, averaging 26.4 points per game and 7.1 rebounds. And the Nets, can ho- hopefully KD's back. And if he is, he's been averaging 29 points and 7.4 rebounds. But something to note, too, fellas, Kyrie had 44 against the Knicks last game. Sheesh. He went off, dude. I mean – be spazzed. I, mean, I think okay, so obviously we don't have a line, so it's really, really hard to cap this. And David will be able to uh change his later on, as we've already said before. But I'm assuming the over-under is gonna be extremely high. Stupid I, high. We're talking like 245. 245, oh. something along those lines. So I'm gonna stay away from it over-under. I think that uh because either uh Durant or Harden, one of those two is gonna play with Kyrie. And then you don't know if you're going to have Ingram. You don't know if you're going to have Zion. You don't know if you're going to have Steven Adams. I don't think any of those guys played as we record against the Hawks. So for that reason, I'm going to take the Nets money line. Yeah, Kyle, this is, again, capping NBA with the spreads is already impossible. Uh, Without the spreads is somehow harder. Uh, So the over is going to be stupid high. I mean, like we said, it's 245. Just some, it's gonna be something just stupid, and it could hit. That's the crazy thing. Like it could be so ridiculously high and still hit. So I ain't betting the under. I ain't betting the over. Uh, I probably am gonna stick with this Nets. I think they're the more well-rounded team. I, I think the Nets play well when a couple of their star players are injured because that means that other star players get more shots. Uh, and so if they go off like Kyrie did against the Knicks, even though they only won by like three or four. Yeah, yeah, they didn't even cover, and Kyrie went for 44. But I, if the spread's around 10, I'm going Pellies. If the spread's under 10, I'm going Nets. Uh, and like we said earlier, David will get a chance to kind of change his pick for when the lines actually do come out. But what do you got just guessing off the bat before we even get spreads, David? Bro, Brooklyn Nets money line. I mean, I'm right there with you guys. I, I think that they're going to – especially with – the two injuries that are, that are coming up for the Pelicans. Did we say that? I mean, William, Williamson's probably out. Is Ingram out as well? Because that's what I heard. Yeah, he, they were both right. out today, and so okay. or as we record, so they're they're okay. it's not looking good to be playing a back to back. In the best for the Pelicans, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, t- I discussed with you guys earlier when I look at NBA bets. I'm kind of a guy who looks at you know, uh, like I, since I bet soccer, a big thing is team form. You know how how they've been in the last. 14 days, 10 days, whatever. And so that's what I'm looking at with the with the Nets. And I, I think the Nets take it because they've been playing better uh, recently than the, than the Pelicans. I like that. All right. So we got a second game, second NBA game. Do you want um, me to put on that? Oh, yeah. Units. Yeah. How many units are you going to throw down on that? You know what? It's going to be – the money line is going to be pretty hefty. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. So for that case, I'll throw down three. I'll throw down three units. Okay. Three units. I like it. Let me chart it down as soon as I find my phone. There we go. Okay. Yep. All right. Going to plug that in. And then what do we got for the next matchup, Kyle? Yeah. So we got another NBA matchup again uh, tonight at 9 p.m. on ESPN. We have the Jazz against the Suns. Pretty solid matchup 
in the Western Conference. It's the second matchup of the season. The Suns won the first matchup, 106-95. to The current line is set at Jazz minus 2.5 and over-under at 225.5. Uh, no major injuries, unlike the last game. I think every all the significant players are playing and are healthy. So just something to note that these are teams at full strength for the most part. So, uh, DJ, let's talk some trends here for a little bit. These two teams know how to cover a spread. Uh, the Jazz, 31 and 19 at covering the spread this season, 13 and 13 on the road, two and three in their last five. And then the Suns, 32 and 17 against the spread this season, 17 and nine at home. I love when teams cover at home. And then two and three against the spread in their last five. Over unders are kind of a wash. The Jazz are 24 and 26 at hitting the over this year. 13 and 13 on the road and one and four in their last five Suns 25 and 24 at hitting the over this year, 15 and 11 at home and four and one in their last five. And then we got two, what I would say top five players under 25 in this game, under 25 years old. Uh, who, who would those be Kyle? Yeah, no doubt about it. DJ I'm with you hundred percent. The jazz, you got Donovan Mitchell, no, no relation to the Baylor, mind you, which is extremely weird, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, Donovan Mitchell's averaging 25.4 points per game, 5.4 assists. And the Suns, you got Devin Booker, who's averaging uh, 25.9 points per game and 4.6 assists. Um, this, this is a high-quality matchup, and I think that these two teams are some of the best teams in the Western Conference. I think this game is going to be very, very close, hence the really close line. I'm going to take – I think the Suns are going to come out really, really solid from the start. I'm going to take the Suns' first half, whatever Ooh. that may be. And then I'm going to take just overall – I'm going to take the over of 225 and a half. I like it, Kyle. Mixing it up. Our first uh, first half bet. Paulson got us on the wave last week, I guess. Yep, he did. So, yeah, first off, I mean, Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell are barely older than me, and they're just – they're elite for being under 25. It just makes me a little sad. Like, why couldn't I be Donovan Mitchell? Or why couldn't I be Devin Booker? You might have to do something with work ethic. They might have put in more work and just have been more talented. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> so so my prediction, though, uh, I, I really like the Suns at home. Uh, they got them in the first matchup, and that was on the road. So I do think that Utah is going to have a little animosity towards the Suns for beating them at home. So I think it's going to be one of those weird ones where each team beats the other on the road. So I'm actually going the Jazz to cover two and a half. I think that's pretty small in the NBA. Uh, and so, I mean, the Suns are a great team, uh, but I just, like I said, the NBA is weird. So I want to go with the Suns. So that's why I'm going with the Jazz because that's how the NBA this, is this year. But, yeah, that is my pick. David, what do you got, buddy? Well, Deej, you're, you're kind of stumping me with yours because that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Suns, and now you're playing a little, a little reverse psychology with me. <laughs> as you're, you're messing me up, man. But, uh, no, my, my bets for, for uh, tonight are uh, I got the Suns. I'm throwing a, a unit and a half on the Suns, and I'm throwing two on the over because I think the bookmakers have underestimated the qualities of these two teams, you know, fast-paced, uh, quick-break basketball on both sides. So, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of scoring going on between the two of them. I like it. I like it. 
looking into the line. So now we are going to the grounds that David knows the best. I mean, this is kind of his game. We're going to the soccer field, which just to notice, Kyle and me don't know anything about soccer. I mean, I know they use a ball. I know there's some offsides <laughs> rules. I know there's a goal. I know in like third grade, I was our best goalie in school, but I was on the yellow team. So that's about my where my knowledge wraps out at. Uh, so we're really going to turn to David on this one to kind of give us a breakdown. Uh, but the matchup we got here, as David was kind of led to earlier, is uh, Bayer Munich, Munich, what? Bayern Munich. Yep. So what he said, and they're from Germany. <laughs> Uh, they're one of the they're the best team in Germany, like he said earlier. And then uh, PSG or Paris Saint Germain, Germain. You got it. Yeah. So anyway, game time is today at 2 p.m. Uh, and it is the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals. They're going to play two games uh, and basically it goes record and then scoring. So if you get so if the both tie one to one, whoever scores more goals wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, and the line is currently uh, Bayer. Bayer. I'm gonna continue to just botch this, so I'm just gonna cut myself off. Um, <laughs> but they're minus 105, and then PSG is plus 260. The yeah. tie is plus 270. Uh, the over under is three and a half, uh, with the over being plus 140 and the under being minus 169. Uh, Kyle, you got some trends for us. Yeah, so Bayern, uh, I believe this is since the Championship League has started. They're 5-0, and right? Or no, it's their last five, I think. Oh, their last five? Okay. They're 5-0 and in the last five. Paris is 2-2-1 uh, two, two and one in their last five. So I was going to go Paris here, but the more that David talked, I'm going to switch mine over to Bayern Moneyline. There you go. It, they're only minus 105, and – I can tell he's a car salesman because he sold me on this minus 105 uh, because he just made it sound like if you went with PSG, you're just an idiot. And I don't want to be an idiot. So, yeah, I'm going with the Bayern money line all day. David, tell us what you got. Smart guys, smart guys. No, yeah, that, that's what we're looking at here, boys. Let's all hop on that boat. Uh, Bayern Munich money line is, is going to be what's going to work for us. And another one that I, uh, I think has some value to it is the both teams to score is uh and i believe that is that if you can bear with me for one second um you know what i'll have i'll have my my friend look it up but uh yeah bayern munich you know they've been strong their their form is spectacular and um you know i I just really don't see paris having enough fuel to to beat them i um you know they're 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 good in their own league paris is but they also face opposition just nowhere near what they face with Bayern tonight so no um they're not going to be ready to handle the Germans and Lewandowski injured or not uh Bayern knows how to take care of business there's a saying in soccer the game isn't over until the Germans are on the bus and that's what's going to happen tonight Paris is going to go on their bus with a (laughs) (laughs) with a loss so we're looking at Bayern money line all day Bowie uh, what did you, uh, you say units? I remember you said it earlier, but I can't. I'm going three units on the Bayern money line. And, and I'm going to use my other two units to, to put you guys on to both teams to score. We're at minus 190 for both teams to score. And uh, we're hopping on the yes train. So I do believe both teams will score. 
you know, I don't want to be a guru, but I'm looking at a 2-1 scoreline. That, that's just how I foresee it. I like it. I like it. And you, you sold me so much on that Bayern Munich money line. I'm using that as my mortal lock on my card tomorrow. Ooh, predicting it. Let's go. So and I'm, then I was just sorry. I was just going to ask how many times is the over under usually not two? like, I thought it was always two and a half. And then when I obviously did the research, I saw it was three and a half. Do they only switch the, 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 Oh, it's just based on like the teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, for games such as today, I mean, like the, I, I think the Man City Borussia Dortmund game or whatever yesterday, sorry, uh, yesterday, I believe that game might have even gone up to over three or something. But yeah, no, it happens very seldomly. But if both teams are, are on a goal scoring tear, then, you know, sometimes bookmakers look at that and they think we'll, we'll, we'll bump it up a unit. So Glad, glad uh, it doesn't happen too often because that three goal mark is really is a sweet spot for soccer. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Just two to one happens more, or even three zero. Yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, on to the next one. We got, I can't even, Juventus. 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 Go! <laughs> anyway, Juventus versus Napoli. Uh, Napoli. Well, I was saying it with an Italian accent, but whatever. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. Uh, so anyway, game time is uh, at 11.45 a.m. on ESPN+. Plus. This is the Italian Series A is their division or club or conference, whatever the heck it is. League. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. I was going to get to it eventually. <laughs> but um, – so, Juventus, uh, why do I – I just got to start listening to you instead of just nodding my head when you say the, what, how to pronounce it. But, anyway, you, Juven, Juventus, that's what it is. Golly. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they're in fourth place in the Italian Series A with 56 points. And then Napoli is in fifth place with also 56 points. So, I think just kind of a question for you here, David. Is it yeah. because uh, – uh, they have a different goal differential. Is that what decides who's higher when you're tied with points? You'd be correct, DJ. Oh. Uh, when it comes to tiebreakers in soccer, it is generally always uh, just the goal differential that puts one team ahead of the other. The only exception is in the Spanish league, where um, if you're tied on points, the thing that pushes one team higher than the other is uh, the head-to-head record. So if they if one team had beaten the other in the season, then they'll be up. And then let's say, I mean, both teams tied each other both times they played this season, then it'll go to goal differential. But there we go. Learn something new every day. I like it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Kyle, you want to go over lines in the previous matchups? Yeah, for sure. So currently the lines right now, uh, Juventus is favored, uh, minus 105. Is it Napoli? Yes. Okay. I got it, DJ. Way to, rub, way to rub it in, Kyle. I, I can't <laughs> pronounce words and you can. Cool. Uh, Napoli uh, is uh, the underdog at plus 270 and a tie is at plus 260. Uh, over under set at two and a half with an over at minus 144 and an under at plus 105. Uh, these teams have played each other twice. They played on uh, January 20th of this year and Ju- Juventus won 2 nothing. And then they played on in February 13th of this year, and Napoli won one nothing. Uh, the last five games, Juventus has been three one and one, and Napoli has been four zero and one. 
Now, DJ, several weeks ago, we had uh, Napoli and Granada yep, playing yep. each other. And I think we all thought that Napoli was the obvious move, and I'm pretty sure Granada won. So for that reason, I'm going to take Juventus money line, and I'm going to take the over of two and a half. Like it. Yeah, I'm kind of riding the same wave, Kyle. I think the over's the move there. Um, and I'm sure David can correct me if I'm wrong with his <laughs> breakdown because he actually knows what he's talking about. But I'm also going to go with Juventus uh, just because Nap- they, Napoli screwed me last time and I got beef. I remember. They ain't going to forget a name like that. So for that, I'm taking Juventus. Uh, but David, why don't you actually educate the listeners on what, what we're going to see today with this game? Well, you guys, I mean, I'm just finding a family here. We are all on the same track here. Because screw Napoli, because I also <laughs> have them beating Granada. And for some sh- stupid reason, I, I, I do not even see how that came about. I'm glad I didn't watch the game because I would have broken my remote. But <laughs> that, that game did not did not have me too happy. And, and Napoli deserves to, to be down after that one. And uh, you know what? I think you guys are you, – you guys are – you know, looking like some pretty profitable soccer betters for the future because you know what that that over two and a half looks like it's looks like it's gonna hit for me as well. You know, I had had seen some uh, difficulties picking a winner in this one because you know Juventus, um, they their form has been slipping a little bit lately. But a big thing in soccer and shout out to longtime um, Juventus defender Leonardo Benucci. He said this after a, a European match a couple of years ago where they were playing Tottenham and they were down from the first leg. I believe they were down like one zero or, or two to one or something. So they just needed one more goal to, uh, to advance. And nevertheless, I remember his post-match interview said in soccer, you must always look at the history and Tottenham, they have shit history. So <laughs> You you gotta you gotta look at the history between these two teams and and kind of you know make that a factor in your decision. And for me, I think Juventus takes it. I think Juventus is gonna take it two to one, maybe three to one. They're boosted by a couple key players coming back. Quadrado uh, was rested a lot during his because um, Colombia didn't have an international duty compared to the European players of Italy on Napoli's team. A lot of them, a lot of those uh, Nap- Napoli players play on the Italian national team. So, you know, they're a little bit more tired than some of the, uh, like an Argentinian, uh, Paulo Dybala, that plays on Juventus. Uh, they're Colombian, Cuadrado, and uh, Ronaldo plays teams that are ranked 135th in the world when he goes on an international duty. So he should be pretty fresh rested as well. And, uh, no, I'm looking at a, uh, I'm looking at an over two and a half goal scored. I'm going to put two units on that and i'm gonna put two units on a juventus win now i'm pretty surprised because i know that you don't like uh cristiano ronaldo at all uh because is the is the nice way of putting it yeah because well and it's not i don't think you have as much beef with like obviously he's a he's a quality player but people try to put him on the same level as messi and that is like trying to put LaMelo Ball on the same level as uh, um, LeBron James. Like, obviously, the comparison's a little rough, but you get what I'm saying. Like, one is clearly better than the other. It's LeVar Ball versus Michael Jordan, Deej. And um, <laughs> it's really just a no contest. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo has had a fantastic career over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. But he has always been on a uh, 
a championship side before he got there that has, has kind of just, you know, made him the talisman, but they've, he's always had a star cast around him to, to make him so great. And, you know, I'm just saying that to, to credit the amount of goals that he scored because he's not the kind of player that unlike Messi that will take the ball at midfield and run it up through four or five guys and then score a goal. Ronaldo kind of needs a setup. He, he's a big header of the ball. He's a big uh, poacher in the box. He likes getting the service and don't get me wrong. He is arguably the most clinical finisher in the game, but you know, the attributes that he once had have kind of, uh, you know, declined on him a little bit. He's not as fast. He can't jump as high. He doesn't shoot as well. You know, it's, it's age, you know, but whereas Messi, what they say, class is permanent and he, he hasn't really skipped a beat in forever. So uh, enough talk about Ronaldo because I'm getting hot right now. But, <laughs> All know, right. He's a great guy. And, and, you know, for tomorrow, I hope he does score. Yep. I like that. I like that. Score enough to win. And if he doesn't, he's dead to us. So dead. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, we have what I would deem as the biggest rivalry around the world. And that would be probably minus the United States because we're a little different. But mm-hmm. everywhere else. This game on Saturday, April 10th, uh, 2.10 p.m. Central Time, El Clasico. Um, I, I once went to Honduras, so I think I'm allowed to say it. But <laughs> no, I'm playing. Uh, but we have Real Madrid versus Barcelona. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it the biggest rivalry in the world? As big as they get, DJ. I mean, th- this is this is rivalry transcends sport. I mean, it, it goes back... In, in the times of Madrid being being the uh, the the capital of the nation of Spain and Barcelona being the capital of the nation that wants to secede from Spain, Catalonia. Um, so there's politics involved. There's religion involved. Uh, the Madrid people are mostly ca- Catholic. The Catalonian people, Barcelona people, are mostly Protestant. I mean, it goes so far back that I mean, there was a time when the uh, the president of of Real Madrid was also a highly elected official in a high up elected official in in, uh, Spain. And he actually put some Barcelona players in jail so that they could not play a game of soccer. That's how, that's how hard they go in this rivalry in Spain. He wanted his team to win that bad that they made up false accusations and charges like two nights before the game or something like that. This was back in like 1940s or something, but, um, and and jailed them just so they could not play the game and, and release them on the Monday following i mean it's crazy this rivalry like i said it transcends sport but then once you get into uh, into the nitty-gritty on the field i mean these clubs have shared more success than any other uh teams in the world they are number one and number two constantly throughout the last 20 years and and even more so when that uh the messi ronaldo rivalry sparked sparked it i mean Talk about your glory days. I mean, 2009 to 2015 was just about the best years for soccer. And those Classicos, I mean, I could feel the electricity in my living room. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, so kind of a cool, quick story. I was I went down to Honduras a couple times for mission trips through my school when I was in high school. And, I mean, we were chilling with the poorest people in the world. And we happened to be there during El Clasico. Mm-hmm. And – they actually like these people house was not even as big as my living room, like a 20 by 10. That's probably pushing it like a 10 by 10 house, but they had a little satellite dish. 
a small TV and they were watching the game. I couldn't believe it. Like the poorest people in the world still had to tune into this game and they were in Honduras. They weren't even like involved. Like that is how deep this runs. It is insane. Dude, I'm telling you, man, it is a it's a global game, the sport of soccer. And this is as big as the games come is El Clasico. And um, yeah, you know, everyone tunes in. I, I don't even want to shoot out statistics, but I'm pretty sure more people watch this game than than the Super Bowl. You know, I, I, I would put money on that one. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. This, this is definitely the game to watch. If you have some free time this Saturday, two o'clock central time go watch that game and see what you can find out about this sport sounds good kyle what do we have for a line and uh yeah well before we get into the lines i actually have a story myself here i'm going to tell you guys so I had, a, I had a teacher in high school who actually went to an el clasico game when he was studying in spain he went to an el clasico game and the guy he was with just kept telling him like he didn't know anything about soccer he just kept kept telling him he's like be careful be careful and just everywhere they went the closer they get to the stadium he kept saying be careful be careful and he kept saying why do you keep telling me to be careful he goes you'll never see a rivalry like this and if you say the wrong thing you're going to be in trouble so just be careful that's just how crazy this matchup is so i just thought that was that was interesting that he actually went to that game and he just kept telling him hey be careful you slip up to the wrong person and you get punched by somebody and, oh, man, I mean, wow. That is a – it's not like the Yankees-Red Sox. I mean, this is a legit no. worldwide hatred of the other team. I mean, it's – yeah, if you're not tuning into this game on Saturday, you better have some cool plans. Like, if you're hanging out with Beyonce, I guess I'd allow that. That's, that's <laughs> pretty cool. But other than that, you better be watching this damn game. So, so enough story time, I guess. Let's dig right in. <laughs> so uh, the line right now has Barcelona favored at plus 120, Real Madrid at plus 200, and a tie at plus 265, and over under at two and a half with the over at minus 158 and an under at plus 120. This is their first matchup of the season. I mean, these two are really, really high in La Liga. I think uh, Barcelona's first right now – or no – they're in second place right now with 65 points. Real Madrid is third with 63 points. I believe Atletico Madrid is in first place. Am I am I right about that, David? You are correct. For the first time in in a while, they are in first place. So, so they're feeling pretty happy, but we're on their tails. Yes, sir. And then the last five games, we got uh, Barcelona is 4-0-1, and, and Real Madrid is 5-0. and zero. You know – I don't know very much about soccer. I've always been a huge uh, Leo Messi guy. I've always liked him. I've always liked watching him play and watching him on Sports Center stuff like that. I think he's going to have a really, really good game against just this intense rivalry. So I'm going to take uh, Barcelona money line. Kyle, you are on point. People don't realize it, but Messi goes off every game. But when there's a game as big as this, you actually get to see more of his highlights because it's seen by everybody. And so everyone blows it up like, whoa, do you see what he did? It's just another it's just another Saturday for this guy. But he's going to bring it today. He's going to light it up. Barcelona money line all day over. I like the over. I, I think Barcelona wins 2-1 here, maybe 3-1. I don't know. But I think it's going to be close. I know at least a couple goals are going to be scored by both teams. And I know it's not going to end in a tie. 
Barcelona over. Lock it in. Wrap it up, yes. David. What do you got, buddy? <laughs> I thought I was going to get a cue, but no, I, I love it. And, and you are right on track saying that stuff. Um, Barcelona, lock it in, guys. I mean, if, if there was a chance for you to watch El Clasico, it's this time. And I want you to be involved in the game. And I want you to be a supporter of Barcelona. And I want you to be a supporter after the fact, knowing that they just won you some money. So how about you lock in Barcelona? I'm throwing three, three units on it personally because I'm confident in my boys like that. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a battle. No one said it wouldn't. You know, it's number two versus number three in the, in the league. They're both, uh, I think, one-point differential. And uh, this is about the biggest game that they have come up in the season. It doesn't matter about the Champions League. They're focused on La Liga. And, you know, they can talk all they want about Messi, but once it comes time to, to play the game, then there's no one better. And, you know, those Real Madrid fans are going to be eating their words on Saturday. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And, yeah, so – that wraps up our five games. Uh, anything you want to give a shout out to, David? Any promotions? Any Twitter? Uh, anything you uh, want to shout out? Uh, you might get a follow from some people, and you may not get anything. I really don't know what to tell you, but anything you, know, you do want to give a shout out to? Uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not a, a guy who asks for much. You know, I'm not even going to ask for a follow. What I do want you to do though is go to Carl Chevrolet and buy a car for me, bro. <laughs> yes. Was in stock. Come buy a car. I got you. <laughs> if y'all need a car, hit up David. He's gonna treat you nice. Hit uh, up my guy. The thing is, just tell him you're a Barcelona fan. It'll get you right in with him, and he's gonna get you a good deal. Cause he would never do a Barcelona fan dirty. That's for sure. You come in wearing a jersey, you're gonna employ. <laughs> yes. All right. So we just gave you the secret key to to get into David's heart, and that is coming in in a Barcelona jersey. Uh, but Kyle, any uh, promotions for our podcast that we want to do here quickly before we wrap it up? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So David, thanks again for coming on, man. Hey, it was great just listening to your soccer insight. Like I said, me and DJ don't know anything about soccer. So just hearing all that stuff. Great stuff, man. So thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me, you guys. Truly a pleasure. And I'll do it anytime. I'm happy to. Next up, uh, big soccer card. You know, they have big UFC cards. Next time there's a big soccer event, we're going to get you on because, yeah. I mean, just listening to you go off, I'm like, oh, wow, like, yeah, this guy, he's pronouncing the names right. That's step one to knowing what you're talking about. And then he's like, he's got the players he knows they're from. He had a deep history of the Real Madrid-Barcelona rivalry. I mean, what doesn't he know about soccer? I mean, I, I just – I'm going all in on his bets and my own, which are his bets. Uh, for soccer which is going to be a first for me but yeah it was great great getting your insight man and yeah we we got to get you back on the show for another soccer episode that is for sure i'm there for you all right man i appreciate it so much kyle i appreciate it so much deej tomorrow uh or i mean excuse me saturday when we're watching that game we're going to be texting a little bit celebrating the goals together maybe we'll hop on another zoom you know we're, we're, it's gonna be a big celebration saturday night that's all i know it's going to be a party, baby. It's going to be a party. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, to wrap up our podcast, uh, if you want to check out our daily lock articles, you can go to codasportscappers.com. I haven't done mine very much recently. I've been lacking on it a little bit, but I'm hoping to get back on again. DJ, he always says to me, fade his articles because he's not very good when with his lock article bets, but just something he always throws out there. Uh, be sure to give our Twitter page at Feud Gambling a follow. Me and DJ tweet five picks day, daily along with our weekly mortal lock. 
Uh, also tune in next week. We'll have another guest on next week and another great show. Uh, next week, you can check out our podcast on Apple Music or Spotify. Also check out our buddy, uh, Brandon uh, Pace, third podcast, the Mount Lockmore podcast on Apple Music and Spotify every Monday and Thursday. And then the other Capper social media, be sure to give them a follow to at Coda Capper Pace, at BRUS35, at Pumba Cakes, at Campbell D. Josh. And then our specific Twitters, always, you can follow me at Combdog and DJ. Wrap it up. At DJ Low. 4422. Thank you for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed our special edition soccer podcast with the boy David. And have a good one, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Yes, sir. Kyle and DJ on the mic. Gambling Feud. Partner with Coda Sports Gambling Network. Hitting bets. Hitting bets. Hitting checks. Locks on locks on locks on locks. Locks on locks on locks on locks. I don't need the keys when I get locks. Hitting them wagers, locking my pacer, doing it major. LA Lakers, locks on locks on locks on locks. Locks on locks on locks on locks. I don't need the keys when I get locks. Hitting them wagers like I'm a pacer, doing it major, LA Lakers.